0: Center Ryan Jensen of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suffering a knee injury during a drill on Thursday. This is one of the things that I talk about every year. You do this for 20-plus years. You develop a sense of the rhythm of the NFL. And we go from best shape of your life season to someone is inevitably going to suffer a season-ending injury in training camp practice season. And we don't know who. We don't know when. But we know what's going to happen. And we've got one already if that's the case for Ryan Jensen. They haven't come out and said it yet. And, of course, they probably won't declare it until they've lined up an alternate plan, whether it's signing J.C. Treader, something Shereen Williams has encouraged on our text chain or trading. Until you come out and say the guy's out for the year, maybe you have a little extra leverage in those discussions. Although right now, I think we're all sitting back and bracing for the news that there's a torn ACL and there will be no 2022 season for the starting center of the Buccaneers, who was ready to go in free agency to the Bengals, I believe, before Tom Brady decided to come back. Now, a very vulnerable spot on the offensive line, because how do you get to Brady? He's able to deal with the pressure on the outside, because he'll step up into the pocket and get rid of the ball. Traditionally, where teams have had success against him, it's sending guys up the middle, and now his center potentially gone for the year, Miles.
1: Well, right. I mean, and if you're, you know, the other contenders in the NFC, let's call it Los Angeles or Green Bay, you've got somebody like Aaron Donald or, you know, Kenny Clark, right? Like this is where you really can kind of take advantage of this. Look, now it looks like the Buccaneers, the, entire, the entirety of their interior offensive line is going to be new. It's going to be different. You know, when you have your center and you've still got your tackles, you can kind of fill in at the guard spots, you know, because those guys, they're they're between the experienced dudes. You can figure that out. But when you have to get a new center and you also have to get new guards because Alex Cap is on the Bengals, Ali Marfitt, he's retired. I mean, that's not good news for Tom Brady, who came back to, you know, be 45 and win the Super Bowl. And I, I still think they're going to do it. But, like, you brought up, you know, Shereen saying J.C. Treader is a good option. I, I think that they've got to go out there and do it because right now it looks like it's Robert Hainsey. He's a third-round pick, you know, from last year. He's inexperienced, and that doesn't mean he's going to be bad, but I, I would want experience if I've got Tom Brady out there and I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this year.
0: And it just shows you how those vague and random lightning strikes can change how we feel about a team. And I know it's just one of five offensive linemen, but it's a key position. And specifically for Tom Brady, the guy who is manning the wall in the middle, that if that collapses, Tom Brady's going to have a much harder time moving the ball down the field, especially as he gets ready to turn 45. That birthday is just five days away for Tom Brady. So, uh, and they already did lose. I mean, we're, we're talking about the entire interior of the offensive line. If Jensen's yeah. out, the, the, the all three positions changing from last year. Alex Kappa, the right guard, went to the Bengals in free agency. And Ali Marpet, the left guard, retired. Jensen out for the year, if that's the case. that That's a reason to not be quite as optimistic about the Bucs. And also, the rest of the NFC... Gets a boost and the NFC is wide open. And, you know, the Rams, yeah, everybody's going to expect them to be great again and the Packers, but. If, if, and, and this is just an example of what can happen. There can be an injury to the Rams, an injury to the Packers. It changes everything, and it all gets jumbled up. And we're just getting started in training camp, and this is just a reminder that things can and will change, and it will change how we view these teams. And the injuries will continue into the season. It's just always going to be there. We go through six months of everyone's healthy and no one's getting injured to everyone's in a meat grinder now, and those random here and there and this guy and that guy – is going to be a major factor in who ultimately wins the Super Bowl. All right, the 49ers trying to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. They've been there twice since the last time they've won it, but the last time they won it, Miles was three years old?
1: Uh,
0: is that I, right? I
1: was, not football, I was not football conscious yet. This is the first three Super years Bowl I old. remember is, is Rams-Titans. So, yeah, it's been a long in, time. In
0: er, early 1995, when the... 49ers completely obliterated the then San Diego Chargers. Uh, that's the last time the 49ers won it. And now they are going to try to get back there with a new starting quarterback. Here's Trey Lance. In the aftermath of the news that Jimmy G era is over, Trey Lance is the guy. Here's Lance talking about his new role in San Francisco.
1: Honestly, the only difference I was hoping you guys would stop asking about it all the time. Um, but but now nah, for me it wasn't really like a moment or anything like that. Um, I mean I've been excited. I've been prepared. I thought you know preparing to play since since the day I got here, the day I got drafted. Um, so I'm obviously excited for this year. Uh, but like you said, nothing's really changed
2: uh, this whole off season.
0: You know I know he kind of said it tongue in cheek, but it's always our fault, isn't it? We're asking the questions <laughs> that the fans want answers like, to, and we're the buttholes. We're the buttholes for asking the questions that are obvious. The 49ers go out. And invest three first-round picks and a second-round pick in a new contract when they have Jimmy Garoppolo, who took him to a Super Bowl and almost won it. And we're jerks for being curious about who's going to be the starter and when. I it just obviously little things like that rub me the wrong way, Miles. Yeah, I see. I see. That's okay. I mean, oh, it's, look, like, it's <laughs> like Tua. It's oh, like boy. Tua saying he doesn't listen to the noise, but he's aware of it. If you don't listen to it, then you shouldn't even know about it. If you truly oh, don't pay don't attention know. to it. They're
1: all liars. Of course they pay attention to it.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, I
1: know, I know they pay attention to it. I once saw a tight end on the Rams, you know, go like this at practice because a reporter had said they had alligator arms at one point during the last game when they dropped the pass, like they all know. You know, so I'm just saying like it, whether it's they're reading it or somebody is sending it to them, whatever, like they, they know what what is generally being said about them, whether it's positive or negative, it just just that's just the landscape that we all live in today.
0: I think they try to act like they don't because they don't want us to realize the influence and power that our words and our opinions truly do have over them because they do become aware of them and they do provide motivation and coaches will make them aware of it because they want to press the buttons on these guys to get them to play better. So we won't know until Trey Lance is playing on a regular basis whether he will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. My big concern, if I'm a 49ers fan, is durability. They fell out of love with Jimmy G because he can't stay healthy. Well, in the limited time Trey Lance played last year, what happened? Knee injury against the Cardinals, finger injury against the Texans. Can he stay healthy? And that would be the ultimate irony. I said this yesterday, and I don't want to put any type of a jinx on Trey Lance. But as they're sitting around waiting for a quarterback to suffer a season ending injury. So there's a market all of a sudden for Jimmy G there's a chance that that injury is going to happen to the guy who is replacing Jimmy G and they may need Jimmy G. They, the the injury they're waiting for may happen on their own team. So again, I've crossed the line into full blown jinx mode by saying that, but we don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, I assume they would want to keep Jimmy G if, if, and it may be, it may be he's wow. gone by the time they get to the point where they need an injury replacement, but that's a big question. Will he be durable? We played at North Dakota state Sims made the point yesterday. The last guy from North Dakota state who was a top draft pick, Carson Wentz at the quarterback position, he had durability issues too. You're not going through the sec or the big 10. You're not even at the F BS level. So you're getting hit by bigger and stronger and faster guys. Your body may not hold up. Sims made another great point. He was a safety. He was recruited as a safety. He mm-hmm. played safety. And he's got, kind of got that safety mentality. So his own safety, pun intended, goes out the window when it's time for him to avoid contact. That's another thing he's going to have to learn. They're going to have, yeah, to, well, going to, have to keep the guy healthy. Then they weren't able to do it with Jimmy G. And that's going to be a real question.
1: I mean, Garoppolo had to learn that too, right? I mean, that week three game against Kansas City in 18 where he, like, bowls into a defender unnecessarily, That that's one of the reasons, you know, why we now have Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo was not healthy for that 2018 season. So, yeah, I look – I think that throughout the offseason, it's been pretty clear that the 49ers wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. I mean, I was at uh, the owner's meeting down there in Palm beach in March and listening to Kyle Shanahan talk. It was pretty clear to me at least that they had moved on at least in their minds from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. So I feel like now that it's like, you know, Shanahan's come out and said like, yeah, it's Trey's team we would have seen Jimmy Garoppolo moved a long time ago if he hadn't had the shoulder surgery, but he did. So, you know, the Colts weren't an option for him, right? Because they wanted somebody who was going to be healthy throughout the offseason program. I just, with Lance, it's like, I give them the benefit of the doubt because I guess I just have that kind of belief that Kyle Shanahan can do pretty much anything with QB. I saw him make Brian Hoyer a viable quarterback in Cleveland. Like, That was crazy. And then they made Johnny Manziel come in there, and then the 2014 Browns were drilled. But anyway, uh, I I think that they're going to be all right as long as Trey Lance can stay healthy. And, you know, who knows? We may be in a Patrick Mahomes situation where it's like, you know, okay, like, what are they really doing? Why are they replacing Alex Smith? But then you see this guy, and you're like, holy crap. I don't necessarily know that we're going to see that, but I think that Lance is going to be okay.
0: Yeah, with Mahomes, there was enough in the 20- Seventeen preseason and enough gushing, legitimate gushing, not just predictable stuff about Mahomes in practice in twenty seventeen. That that I think a lot of us were were ready for what was coming with Lance. We we didn't see enough last year. The against
1: Denver, the finale against Denver that right. he played in seventeen as well. Like that, right. you know, right. you got to see a little bit of it. Yeah,
0: Trey Lance had a big throw in the preseason last year. I think it was a busted coverage or something like that, but, but still. he had a, he. had a, he, yeah. We've seen a little bit, but we still need to see a lot more, and so do the 49ers. And credit to them for abandoning this ruse of maybe we'll keep both guys. The thing that Jed York was trying to sell for the past two years, and remember it was earlier this year, Steve yes. Young sat on the bench for four years, yada, yada. It, no, it's time to move on to Trey Lance. That's why they traded up, and that's why they have him. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going along with this plan that – He's just going to hang around, come and go as he pleases, wait for an opportunity to be traded somewhere. Trey Lance talked yesterday as well on his relationship with the former starting quarterback of the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I said what's up to Jimmy the last – yesterday he was in here on Tuesday uh, for his physical. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's nothing weird at all. Like I said, I've I've never had anything I could possibly say that's bad about Jimmy. I mean, he's been a big bro to me. Since the day I came in, uh, he could have made things hell for me, honestly, last year. Um, he didn't. He, he helped me out with everything. Uh, so I'm super excited to see him healthy, super excited to see him thrown again, and, and super excited to, to see what he does.
0: It really is strange. They're basically keeping him away from the team, and he's okay with it. If he wanted to force the issue, he could. But I think he's realized that for now, his interests are aligned with the 49ers because if there is that, that, uh-oh, quarterback gone for the year not only do the 49ers get a good trade recovery he gets something closer to his 25 million if there's a Mm -hmm. team that's all of a sudden desperate for a starting quarterback but at some point at some point he's going to want out and maybe as soon as that last preseason game is played that's when he says i want out don't hold me up until The absolute last minute before my salary becomes fully guaranteed because I'm on the roster as of week one. I think when the cuts at the latest, when the cut to 53 happens, that's when he's going to be gone.
1: Yeah, it's interesting too, Mike. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is not, you know, uh, he's not one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, right? I mean, like I think if I'm being like at worst, he's a top 20 QB. I, I would probably put him in the top half of quarterbacks out there. I mean, he's been to the NFC Championship game in two of the last three seasons, at least, right? And they went to the Super Bowl, obviously, in 19. So it's not like he's terrible. There are teams out there who would absolutely be upgrading if they got themselves Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's also that right now you can be like, well, do we really want to do that and put ourselves in that contractual situation when we have somebody that could start and if we're not that good, then maybe we get a better draft pick. But if we get Jimmy Garoppolo, then we're going to be better. And maybe we're not going to be in the sweet states for, you know, a quarterback like a CJ Stroud who's coming out, you know, in next year's draft. So I, I, it's a weird situation. And I guess we're going to kind of wait for that injury. But like, I don't know. Like do the Texans want to go in there with Davis Mills? I understand why they would. You know, the Falcons really want to roll with Marcus Mariota? Well, you got Desmond Rooter behind them, so I, get, I understand why they would. It's, it's weird.
0: We haven't heard anything in the past few days about teams trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo. What occurred on Tuesday, I think, sends the message to anyone out there who had been waiting, who had been reluctant to offer anything significant, just make us an offer. Just make us an offer. Now's your opportunity. And it's a combination of getting a deal with the 49ers and a deal with Garoppolo because no one's taking on a $25 million total compensation commitment, but there's been nothing, no talk. And remember when Deshaun Watson gets the no indictment in that Friday in March, immediately we started the breathless reporting about this team's interested and that team's interested and that team's interested i mean there has been nothing there hasn't been a single team linked seriously to jimmy garoppolo at any point in this offseason that to me is stunning yeah we we've uh, the report that the seahawks talked about it We, we talk about a lot of things I I just wonder whether there's no one out there that feels any compulsion whatsoever to try to trade for the last year of his contract, and they've all just sat back and said we're content to wait for him to be cut, and then we'll see if we can work out a deal. And if we can, great. And if we can't, great. But somebody's going to end up with a guy who can be a pretty good quarterback. I mean, top yeah. twenty is still better than twelve. There's yeah. still other guys out there that are worse than you, which would say if you if he's a top twenty quarterback. There should be at least 10 teams that are looking at this saying, hey, maybe this guy is better than who we have. I keep coming back to Miami. I've been reluctant to write this because I really don't want to deal with Tua on, but well. I think he's better from what we've seen, body of work. He's better right now than Tua. And oh, look at this. He knows the offense that former 49ers assistant Mike McDaniel has brought to Miami.
1: I think that's a good argument, um, but I don't think that they would want to do it because you want to see how Tua can do in that offense and figure out, you know, if you want to move on to Tom Brady next year. So I don't know. I like that. That's one of those teams where I'm like, yeah, I see why they would do it, but I also see why they wouldn't do it. I mean, you still did invest a first round pick in that guy. And Mike McDaniel has been very, you know, effusive in his praise of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Oh, my God, what would Tyreek Hill do if you replace the most accurate quarterback in the NFL with Jimmy Garoppolo, who Tyreek Hill saw couldn't hit Emmanuel Sanders down there on a post route So in the Super Bowl. So, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what would they do then?
0: Well, I... I uh, look, if, if, if Garoppolo had delivered the way that he could have and should have... He would still be the guy, and they would have had a hell of a mess if Garoppolo had made it to the Super Bowl last year. Then they'd have been stuck with him for another year. And now, we see we see where Garoppolo. I I, I I'm rooting for the guy, I, just because I believe he you mentioned the sanders pass he could have won a super bowl and didn't just like jared goff if he would have seen brandon cook sooner than he did and he should have seen him because they ran the same damn play in the first half they i'm telling you they ran the same play oh boy this is like pulling up the hail mary from 1975 but look he's open now now he wasn't wide open it wasn't like super bowl three when was it Was it Roger Orr or they ran the trick play and Earl Morrill just didn't see him? I mean, he wasn't running completely uncovered, but the throw was there to be made. And I think Tom Brady would have made that throw, frankly. So anyway, um, that may have been the moment where they decided at some point they're going to have to make a change. And then he had the ankle injury week two of the 2019 season. They just decided between the durability and the ceiling, we got to move on. But it doesn't mean there's no place for it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But it is so yeah. odd to me that there's been nothing because there's an agenda for Jimmy G or the 49ers. If there's any interest at all, you want it out there to try to get somebody else interested. It's, right. We see it all the time. You want everybody to come to the table. Hey, we got this team interested. Hey, we got that team interested. Hey, even if you don't name them, four teams are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. There's usually a report like that. There has been nothing. It is weird, Not Miles.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, if. You were to, to put some money down today, right? Where, where would you say that he ends up?
0: I still feel like he's going to end up with the Texans. I think Nick Casario is sitting okay. back, head low, mouth shut. He drafted the guy. Now, yeah. do they really? I mean, look, I know Davis Mills was better than they expected last year. The question is, do they really want to explore what his ceiling is, or do they want to try to win nine or ten games this year? I, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the other That's possibility, generous. somebody somebody said, uh, I don't know if it was Sims or who, uh, that the Cowboys would be a just a place where I can go and be the backup behind a quarterback who possibly will get injured and then I could play. And if I get to play some, then I, I become a free agent next year and I go somewhere else and have a chance to be a starter until the team that signs me drafts a first-rounder. I mean, that's the Mitch Trubisky model. He disappeared as a backup for all of 2021, and he ends up being the starter in Pittsburgh until they draft Kenny Pickett. and Now who the hell knows what's going to happen. And that would put Jimmy G right back in the spot that he was in last year, where he's the starter, but they've drafted a guy in round one, so who knows what's going on. So. Uh, yeah. it's something else to keep an eye on as training camp continues to unfold. we mentioned the Cowboys Mike McCarthy's job status has been a hot topic. will this be his final trip with the Cowboys to Oxnard California We will play the percentages next here on PFT live Mike McCarthy his job committee to show going to hear all that chatter at all clans you
2: know i don't listen to what you have to say outside of this thing i don't i'm not even really on twitter like that so uh mike's my guy and that's the only thing that matters is this season so thank you
0: you know there's some truth in what he said the only thing that matters is this season it's not like they're going to fire mike mccarthy and hire sean payton during the season the question is what happens after the season if the cowboys don't have the kind of season they haven't had since 1995 which is kind of the bar that I think Mike McCarthy needs to reach, NFC Championship or enter Sean Payton. So we're going to play the percentages, Miles, Give me the percentage chance that this is Mike McCarthy's final training camp as the Cowboys head coach.
1: I'm going to go with 75% because I, I know that Jerry Jones was full throated in his support for Mike McCarthy the other day, and that's well and good. And frankly, you know, when you're at the beginning of the season, you're at the beginning of training camp, that's exactly the way it should be. You should be saying that you have full, total confidence and full belief in your head coach. But we know that Sean Payton is out there, right? And we also know, thanks to Playmakers, which is available now wherever books are sold, that he was very close to becoming the Cowboys coach a couple years ago. So, like, what is there to make us believe that that's not going to happen? I, I, I don't know if the Cowboys are one of the, you know, top two, three teams in the NFC. I don't know if they're the top team in their entire division. So, I, I really do think that this could be McCarthy's last year.
0: Hey, look, I know Mike McCarthy isn't happy about it, but it goes with the territory, it goes with the compensation, it goes with the platform and the spotlight, and it also goes with... The fact that your last act of the 2021 season was that goofy draw play that so was poorly coached, poorly executed, and ultimately prevented the Cowboys from stopping the clock and and. Continuing their effort to tie the game or win it i can 't remember where things stood at that time. All I remember is it was a train wreck and that 's all on the head coach. so I agree with you i 'll go a little higher than seventy five just so we have a different number oh there it is boy they're on it today in the control room really on it they're down six they they were going to have a shot at the end zone that 's what it was They wanted to get one yeah. sh- closer shot at the end zone to try to win the game instead of throwing it to the end zone. Before that play started, and uh, and that was that, and that's on execution and coaching. And you know, I remember, I can't remember who we talked to. I think it was C. D. Lamb at the Super Bowl. The idea of whether when they practice that play, they use an official because they should have, because that's the most important guy in that play. Miles, the officials yes. got to get through the traffic, so you got to practice opening a door. Because clearly, Dak Prescott wasn't even thinking. I got to let this guy get through so he can set the ball so we can clock it. So, anyway, I'll go 80%. I think the more Jerry watches this play, the higher the percentage goes. (laughs) I know it does for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Jerry, if you're watching, bump that percentage up, right? (laughs)
0: Jerry if you're watching why didn't you hire Sean Payton in the offseason when you had the chance all right what is the percentage chance oh he's had he's (laughs) I have choices I have chances what is the percentage chance that the Packers make a trade for a receiver they were linked to Julio Jones that didn't happen will they trade maybe with one of these teams out there that has an embarrassment of riches at the position like the Buccaneers
1: I'm going to go 25%. I mean, I can see them doing it kind of, but like, I just feel like they're the type of team that's going to go into it with what they've got. And I know that Sammy Watkins is not reliable from a health standpoint. I think he's already on NFI, right? And like they, they said, it was kind of minor, but with Sammy Watkins, it's not usually a matter of if, but when he's going to spend some time, you know, off of uh, on the bench, because he is hurt so but you know you've got alan Lazard who they've got a lot of confidence in amari rogers is somebody who you'd like to think can take another step christian watson you you're gonna rely on him in some way you know he wasn't a first round pick but he was still a high draft pick i just i don't know they could do it but i I, i feel like they're gonna roll with what they've got
0: I just don't think it's their philosophy. They're draft and develop. They don't want to give up those draft picks. Remember when Will Fuller was available in trade a couple of years ago, and he had that connection to Matt LaFleur at Notre Dame, and it just didn't happen. And I, I think that they will, if they feel like they need a receiver, they'll find somebody that they can sign As a free agent. And I still think that we need to keep an eye on them as a potential Odell Beckham Jr. destination. Although last year, I don't think they really wanted him. I think they just wanted Aaron Rodgers to think that they wanted him, even though they maybe didn't. I'll go even lower than you. I'll go twenty percent on this one. I, let me go fifteen. I'll go fifteen. Since Ooh, okay. since these are very important numbers that we need to be as precise yeah, as we can possibly important. be, yeah. I, I think it's it's very very unlikely that they'll trade for a receiver. Watch they'll do so later today. All right, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, is he still out there?
1: He's on the. Bills one still, of, I'm pretty sure. That's yeah, one. That's, that's one guy. of that's
0: one of the Aaron Rodgers favorites. All right, here is Lamar Jackson and Ravens coach John Harbaugh talking about. The Jackson contract will apply a percentage to a question arising from that situation after we hear from them.
1: Um, We still, you know, we still negotiating right now. We still talking right now. No, nah, it's probably going to be a cutoff at some point.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, like I told you, we have a mutual conversation. I'm going to keep that in-house. You know, my feeling on I, I guess I would just say, I think that uh, my feeling in what I hear from both, you
2: know, I, I get a chance, I get to talk to both sides. <laughs> And uh, both sides are very motivated to get the job done. And uh, so I, I feel like that's kind of where it's at.
0: But, it, you know, Lamar's practicing all day. So it's not like they're going to be in some kind of negotiation
2: all day, like they might be in a regular situation. So, you know, that's that's part of the deal with that.
0: And, isn't it funny how we went from Lamar's too busy to focus on his contract to now Lamar's all in, but – as a practical matter, he's working, and he's, he's trying to – He's he is busy, and he's trying to he's negotiate his contract busy? in whatever spare time that he has. I don't know why the guy just won't hire an agent. Why won't you do it? I hope to God the reason isn't I don't want to pay one or two or three percent because I don't see the value. If you don't see the value of a good agent now, uh, notwithstanding the events of this week, if you don't see the value of a good oh. agent – Based upon how intricate these these contracts are and how you fit with everyone else, this is not the time of the year for him to be doing it. So percentage chance that Lamar Jackson has a contract. And I'm going to change the question because it's as written, it's before training camp ends. Let's say by week one, because I think that's when the cutoff really will be. Yes. What's a percentage chance, let's say, heading into the practice week leading up to week one. I have a feeling that's when it ends. Yes. what's the chance we will have a deal then
1: uh yeah labor day weekend you know is the is to me like what the cutoff should be because that's then your cuts are done and everybody's able to kind of like have a couple of days before um week one preparations start in earnest I'm gonna say 90 percent and maybe this is wow. wishful thinking on my part because I want Lamar Jackson to have a nine-figure guarantee all right. And I think he should have had it last year, but last year's last year it's gone. It's done. Fine. I want him to get it. He deserves it. He's earned it. But like he should not be out there week 1 without that nine-figure guarantee. So it might be wishful thinking on my part, but I also believe John Harbaugh when he says that both sides are very motivated and I don't believe everything that happens in press conferences. I believe that. I'm I'm saying 90%. I
0: mean, he shouldn't be practicing Without the contract. See, if he had an agent right now, the agent would be saying, hey, Lamar, you're not setting foot on the practice field until you have your new contract. So I'm going to go 50-50 just because that's the only way that I ever go when I have no idea what's going on. And I have no idea what's going on. Because I think at some point before week one, the Ravens are going to put their best offer on the table. The question is, will Lamar take it? And with Lamar, he's been very unconventional. And that's not criticism. That's fact. It has been unpredictable for the team. And will he say, I appreciate your offer, but let's talk again after the season. That's what Joe Flacco did a decade ago. Joe Flacco said no thank you to the best offer that the Ravens made, bet on himself, won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, Put the Ravens in a very difficult spot where they had to decide, do we use the non-exclusive franchise tag, the exclusive franchise tag. They decided to pay him and make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league on a deal that had to be renegotiated, so he was the highest-paid player again three years later. That's the leverage that he built for himself. And maybe Lamar Jackson will decide to do that. Maybe Lamar says, I'll just go forward. I'll make my $23 million this year in my fifth-year option, and then we'll do this again after the season. I, I So I, I, I'm i going 50-50 because I truly don't know Miles because it is so unpredictable because Lamar Jackson continues to refuse to hire an agent. And I think at this point it's too late. I've been preaching for a year he needs an agent. Um, I, I, it's way too late, even though I still think it would be a good idea for him to do it, for him to all of a sudden realize that he needs to bring someone else in to handle this.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, but, you know, the, the events of this week, it's kind of like, well, this is why I don't have an agent because, you know, the agent can sometimes leave you hanging out to dry a little bit. So
0: I don't know. I, look, that's what I mean. I'm not saying just hire any agent. I'm, I am i don't want to take no, a gratuitous I, yeah. shot here at Eric Burkhardt, but the shoe fits the shoe that he, the clown shoe fits after the course of the last week. I'm sorry. You can't you can't I don't get pissy.
1: Let me take a shot. If,
0: Uh, but, 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 uh, But you can't get pissy about getting criticized when you've done something that merits criticism. Widespread, objective, what the hell were you thinking, even though you may have an explanation, you may have a perfectly good excuse, right? You still were a party to something that made everyone look bad. A wise man once told me I may show up at work without pants on and I may have an incredibly great excuse for the fact that I showed up at work without pants on. But the reality is I showed up at work without pants on. So uh, there you go. One more real quick percentage chance that Baker Mayfield runs away with the starting job in Carolina. Miles, what do you think?
1: Oh, I mean, they're going to give it to him, right? I mean, you didn't trade for him and make him take a pay cut to just let him, Sam Darnold beat him out. But like, but at the same time, Jake Delohm said this, and he's a radio analyst now for uh, the Panthers. Like, Sam Darnold has an advantage because he knows the offense already. And Baker Mayfield's coming in here. Johnny come lately through no fault of his own, but like there's just not the same knowledge of the playbook because he didn't have the entire offseason program to study it. So I guess to answer the question, like 20% that he runs away with it because Darnold is not that bad of a practice player, but Darnold's not a good quarterback. So I, I think he'll get it, but I don't think that it's going to be as clear as anybody would necessarily want it to be um, from a practice field standpoint.
0: Yeah. And look, I'll say, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I felt compelled to come up with a different number every time. I'll match your number on that one because, look, this isn't Brett Favre showing up at training camp for the Vikings in 2009 where it's obvious. And even then there was some resistance. Remember, there was a schism over whether or not the players wanted Tavares Jackson or Brett Favre. And then Brett Favre throws one pass on the practice field, and, oh, we know why you brought Brett Favre to Minnesota. Baker Mayfield isn't so obviously great, so much better than Sam Darnold, that it's going to manifest itself that way. He's going to have to earn it, and it's going to be a process. And Sims and I were talking about this yesterday, this unconventional idea of on Wednesday all the first-team reps went to Darnold. Thursday all the first-team reps go to Mayfield. Well, maybe part of this is to give Mayfield a chance to show up and give the, the guys an opportunity to see what he can do one day after they saw Darnold. And this begins the process of the players pivoting from Darnold to Mayfield at a time when you got Robbie Anderson, who was very active on social media saying he didn't want Mayfield. So I don't think it's going to be possible for him to run away with it. This is a more of a delicate effort to get the guys to move from the incumbent to the new arrival at a time when it isn't Brett Favre versus Tavares Jackson, when the gap is much more narrow so i don't think it's possible for him to run away with it all right we're running away with the clock we need to take a break when we return speaking of clock and speaking of time my god daniel snyder spent a lot of time yesterday testifying we'll break that down when pft live continues right after this You had an established offensive coordinator last year, Josh McDaniels, Super Bowl veteran. And now you come into camp this year, and it's sort of offensive coordinator by committee almost. I saw Bill Belichick a lot with the quarterbacks out here. What's that like? What's the
2: difference like? Um, It's been good. I think you can learn from really good coaches regardless of... You know, if they're a defensive head coach or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Coach Belichick's seen offensive football, you know, from way back in the day to all the way and how it's evolved. So he knows exactly the origins of it um, and obviously the defensive part too, where he can analyze the defense and put us in a good position with the right play call because he knows what the defense is doing. So um, I'm really comfortable with our offensive coaching staff. It's just getting the Getting everything down, getting the play calls down, there's it's a little bit of a rhythm to it, and that's what we're going to work on. Um, and it's a process, it's not going to happen overnight, but we've made good strides, and we just got to continue to do that. How much, how
0: long did it take you to get over the playoff loss in Buffalo?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you never want to lose the last game of the year. Um, your goal Especially is Especially the way you lost it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to think about, you know, you're only as good or bad as your last game. So that's all we have to base off of is kind of that loss. But there's learning experiences there. We know what it takes to to win, you know, ten games and stuff, but we also have to move on to this next season and realize it's a long season and you want to kind of push towards the end and play your best football at the end of the season, which we can do a lot better job of. But right now it's just all about fundamentals and getting better and focusing on what's important and that's getting together in the meetings, the walkthroughs out here in in practice, and then the season will take care of itself.
0: That was Peter King with Mac Jones at Patriots training camp on Thursday. Peter's annual training camp tour continues today at the New York football Giants. You can catch all of his interviews at our brand spanking new NFL YouTube page, youtube.com slash NFL on NBC. Commander's training Can I get a
1: Mac Jones? Can I get a Patriots thought off? Because I don't know when I'm going to be on the show again. Go ahead. Uh, If anybody else was doing what the Patriots are doing with a second-year QB, we would be questioning the hell out of them. And I'm willing to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt because he has six Super Bowl rings as a head coach. But, oh, my God. (laughs) What? This is – I mean, if they start off poorly – I mean, they—they they, they have the Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, and Packers to start the season. And say they go one and three, which is entirely possible, or zero oh and four. God forbid. I, right. Bill Bill Belichick's going to deserve a lot of the questioning that he's going to get.
0: So I just—I just wanted to say, I agree that. with you. Hey, those six Super Bowls, they go a long way toward excusing a lot of behavior that would otherwise be very questionable, including a former head coach who was a defensive coordinator who's now your offensive line coach, a former head coach who was a special teams coordinator who's now your quarterback's coach. Nobody knows who's doing what on the coaching staff because I think he's trying to run interference for his kids, so he never has to fire his kids, and he can't fire anybody else if he can't fire his kids, so nobody knows what anyone's doing, so nobody knows who to blame. I've been saying that for months. This is the downside of nepotism. If you hire your kids and your kids aren't getting it done, you're screwed. So six super bowl rings goes a long way toward buying him some time. I just wonder how much time it buys in the eyes of Bob Kraft. We've already heard him complain what? about no playoff wins for 3 years. What's the grace period? We've never seen this before. What does six super bowl wins give you a job for life? I don't think it does. I don't think you can just start going 3 and 14 every year. There's going to be a point where someone decides it's time to move on. You can't continue indefinitely to fall so far short of the standard you created. And it's These not like the, they're going to be 3-14, and 14, but 8-9, and no, nine, thank you. one yeah. and out in the playoffs, that's not good enough.
1: No, and, and you said that a couple of months ago, and I pushed back pretty hard against it, but at this point where I'm seeing Matt Patricia's the one calling the offensive plays, like, that's going to raise an eyebrow. And if it doesn't work out, then it's going to be like, well, dude, why in the world did you do this? I, like, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, Bill, Bill Belichick gets the benefit of the doubt in my book, but you know, like if they don't start out the season well, and like the offense looks terrible and Mac Jones looks substantially worse than he did last year. I, th- this is not going to be good for them. It's just not.
0: It is so odd to see a guy like Bill Belichick of all coaches, if engage in that kind of heaping of praise on a guy publicly and, and, and really it's a major transition. Josh McDaniels is gone. Mac Jones is going to go through a lot this year. There's going to be a lot expected of him, and they're raising the bar, not yeah. lowering the bar. Coaches are masters at keeping expectations low. Then, all things being equal, it looks like you did better than you actually did if you were able to go into the season with low expectations. It really is kind of a strange time in New England. I agree with you there, and you, I'm glad that you decided to take your shot because uh, I think it hit the mark. All right. Daniel Snyder yesterday, if if Kyler Murray's homework clause were still in place, Daniel Snyder nearly put in three weeks' worth of it testifying before the House Committee uh, on Oversight and Reform. Eleven hours, and this wasn't like the hearing we saw with Roger Goodell where it's this weird dog and pony show where one representative actually asks questions, the other one engages in a five-minute speech and really doesn't ask anything, another one's asking about irrelevant stuff. This is staff members, most of whom are lawyers, questioning Daniel Snyder about the very things that this committee has been investigating regarding workplace issues within the Washington Commanders. 11 hours. And if they weren't happy with what he said, if they think he didn't cooperate, if they think he was being evasive, we'll hear something because we know politicians – have a knack for making statements because we'll listen, we'll report them, we'll repeat them, and we'll pass along their concerns. So uh, the bottom line is, and this comes from uh, the report, I think from A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, that Snyder didn't refuse to answer a question. Well, if you don't refuse that you can still be not entirely responsive even if you didn't refuse to answer it. Roger Goodell is very good at being evasive. He didn't refuse to answer the question. He just didn't answer the question. He answered a different question. So until we hear from the committee or until we see the transcript, it will be impossible to know whether or not Daniel Snyder gave responsive and accurate answers to the questions he was asked, Miles.
1: Yeah, well, Mike, I mean, as a former lawyer yourself, you know that people can say whatever they want sometimes when they're answering a question and not exactly answer A question. So I'm very curious to see what comes out of this. If we get some sort of report, if we get some sort of real, I guess, you know, meaty look into exactly what the committee was able to find out from Daniel Snyder. Because look, the, the commanders have tried to convince us that everything that ever happened with the team is in the past. they've made all of these different changes you know my gosh like everything now has nothing to do with what happened then except you have this thing that ties everything together which is the owner of the team and he is still there and there has not been a reckoning that i think any of us fully believe is in line with what he is accused of having done so Because of that, I'm just really interested to see what comes out of this. Like you said, 11 hours is a really long time to be testifying in front of anybody, let alone a congressional committee.
0: And you make an excellent point because without the reckoning, it's impossible to fully embrace the changes. Because we know the changes were made for one very important reason. Either he was going to make them or the next owner was going to make them. So you better change. If you don't change, you're out. But that still doesn't tell us what was actually done. What was... Beth Wilkinson's findings about the things he did. What was it that provided the basis for this vague punishment that we're really not sure is even being properly enforced by the NFL? Remember, Roger Goodell said to the committee on June 22 in his prepared remarks, and he read them at the outset of the hearing, to the best of my knowledge, Daniel Snyder hasn't resumed his day-to-day activities. Well, you're in a position where you have reason to think that maybe he's back because it's been reported that he is. And you have every incentive to investigate it and enforce it if he is, because he's not supposed to be by your own decision. So they just tiptoe around this guy. I think they're afraid to take him on. And it's good that he had that 11-hour reckoning yesterday. I'll defer to the transcript, but, Miles, I know from experience, look, you do an 11-hour questioning. Now, it the danger resides in the last hour or so. Because people get fatigued, people get tired, people get a little upset, people get to the point where the preparation for the witness, because the questioners change in a setting like this, so they can tap out to someone else, but it's the same person for 11 hours answering the questions. And there's always a chance in that last hour, you're going to say something that ends up being a major problem because you're tired, because you're upset, because you think you're being disrespected, because you're Mr. Snyder. You're the guy that everyone caters to, and you've been forced to answer these questions for 11 hours. So fascinating situation. It's up to the committee to decide whether and to what extent the transcript will be released. We'll see where it goes. One thing that I thought was strange, though, the commander's statement Suggested the investigation by the House Oversight Committee ended last month. The committee says it's still ongoing. Just another example of the disconnect that exists and how the commanders want us to forget about the thing that we never have gotten any real clarity on and focus on the present. So, hey, you know what, Miles? They want us to focus on the present. Let's focus on the present. Let's have a look at how many people were at training camp yesterday. Uh, th- that may be an aspect of the present that they don't wa- What is that? That's the fan turnout for day two of Commander's Training Camp, according to Nick Javala of the Washington Post. My goodness, that is depressing. That's like high school practice dads. That's all that is.
1: <laughs> I think we might have had more uh, people at my high school practice. Yeah, that's. it's one of those things where it's like, man, you maybe shouldn't have opened up training camp on a random Thursday to you know your fans if – that's the kind of turnout that you're going to get. And maybe that wasn't the beginning of practice and more people showed up. I don't know. But, I mean, what what reason is there to really be excited about Washington Commanders football this year? I don't know. Well,
0: And, and they had this really strange, clunky process of you had to s- sign up for a lottery and you had to ask right. for the day. It just, it just, it's just kind of a strange thing. For a team that should be making it as easy as possible for people to get excited and show up and be there, Again, like we were talking about earlier with the Cardinals, for the dysfunctional teams, it flows from the top. And I love Ron Rivera, and I do think they've made some changes. But until you change the person who's in charge, you're never going to fully change and fully address the the depths of the problems that have caused this 20-plus years of dysfunction in Washington. All right, let's take a break. We uh, are going to recap the news of the week, and then after that, we're going to have a draft that focuses on the most scrutinized quarterbacks currently in the NFL. All of that coming up on this Friday edition of PM.
2: Oh, so much respect! It's almost to the sense of not as bad as LeBron James, but it's getting there. Like no matter what this kid do, he, he can't do right. So I'm, I, I love the way he handled it. It's just motivation. So I, I pray that everybody keep talking about him because it, it's fire. You know what I'm saying? I, I need that fire from my selfish point of view. You know what I'm saying? But I, I love the way he handled it as a man. He's very mature for his age. Yeah, I think he's doing a good job handling
1: I mean, I guess this is what comes with it. You know, um, when, you, when you're trying to be great,
0: you know, you trying to work your tail off, it's going to be negativity. But, you know, they hated Jesus. And I'm not
2: Jesus, so I don't, I don't really worry about it.
0: That was Justin Houston talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson talking about Jesus. I, I was mesmerized by Justin Houston's shirt. I, did someone <laughs> cut off the sleeves in the dark? I mean, did you notice how jagged? I mean, look at that
1: hey sometimes you know what yeah you just you just had to get those sleeves off of there i don't know if he like ripped them off by hand or what man but yeah that's that's something
0: (laughs) Clawed with his fingernails i think is the only explanation all right today's draft the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the national football league miles since you are the guest i will give you the first pick in this very important draft of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the league
1: Thank you very much. Well, I think Justin Houston has a point, but I'm going to go with Tua Tonga-Vailoa because right now, the poor kid he just can't seem to do anything right. And, you know, part of it is like you got Tyreek Hill out here saying he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how true that is, but you're going into a season that's very, very critical for him. They've upgraded his OL. They've upgraded his weapons. If he doesn't do it this year, then I don't know what they're going to do there, but he's going to be scrutinized the entire season. I know that.
0: Spent all of last year up until the trade deadline, worrying about or expecting that Deshaun Watson would be traded. Remember he wasn't a captain last year and there was talk that he just didn't want to be. He rejected it because of everything that was going on. He was just unhappy with how he was being treated. And now I think there's a little passive aggressive element to the Tyreek Hill comments. I I think think Tyreek Hill knows what he's dealing with and – He either becomes good and everything works out or he doesn't and they get somebody else next year. I'll I'll make Lamar my pick because I do feel like Lamar Jackson is at the center of this storm of constant criticism and some of it's deserved. I think he should have an agent. I think some of it too is he doesn't quite understand how people are going to react to the things he says on social media. At some point, it's on you to understand the connection between the things you say and the things people say in reaction to the things you say. But, yeah, he was an MVP in 2019. He hasn't been as good since then. He struggles in the postseason. He becomes a very – because he's different from the other quarterbacks, he becomes a very polarizing figure. And I think that's going to continue for as long as he's the quarterback of the Ravens.
1: Yeah, probably is. Uh, my next pick, I would definitely say Kyler Murray is about to be as scrutinized as anybody's ever been. And that's partially because of what we've been through this entire week, right? I mean, you don't have a homework clause in your contract that then gets taken out and people aren't going to pay attention to you for the rest of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Kyler Murray handles all this.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been historically. Historically. Now he is, thanks to the Cardinals. He wouldn't have been on this list if we had done this a week ago. We wouldn't have even mentioned Kyler Murray. But now he's one of the top picks because of the fact that the Cardinals put him in this spot. Next one for me, I'll go Baker Mayfield just because he's definitely going to be scrutinized because everything he does this year, whenever there's any adversity, has he matured? Has he grown? Is he still the guy that he was in Cleveland? Is he going to be standoffish with the media is he going to refuse to speak on a day that he wins but oh god forbid somebody booed him these are all things that are going to be subject of significant focus for mayfield starting now and continuing through the end of the season let's take a break we will wrap up our draft of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the nfl right after this All right, those are the first 4 picks, two more to go. Miles Simmons, most scrutinized quarterbacks in the NFL, round 3 you're up.
1: Carson Wentz. He's at least scrutinized by me and you know what? I feel like he should be. Look, the Colts got rid of him without having a plan for their next quarterback. They just said, "Get him the hell out of here." And whatever that happens and you've been let go by two teams in the last 2 years, you ought to be really big uh, scrutinized in a big way. So we'll see what happens with Washington.
0: I saved the best for last. Oh boy, Number eight, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, especially after what Cuesi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM of the team, said this yeah. week, that he was nervous about not burning it down at the quarterback position because we don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. He said what many people think, but now with an offensive head coach, fewer excuses for Kirk Cousins. They're going to try to get the most out of the passing game and Justin Jefferson's going to be Cooper cup. And, and if Kirk cousins can't get it done now, then yeah, he's going to hear it more than he ever has. So we'll see what he can do. We're out yeah, of time. Well, Moms, thank you. Go ahead. go ahead. We're, no, we're, we're landing the plane, should be screwed, but go guys. ahead.
1: Well, yeah, hopefully well, he gets the ball. Pull, pull, Justin pull stick. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for getting up early, Miles. Thanks to the rest of you for watching the program. We'll see everybody Monday, 7 a.m. Eastern. Have a great weekend. Be safe.